Hey all, and welcome to another episode of A Little Bit Unfiltered, a little bit of production. We're so glad you're back. I'm Sarah. And I'm Molly. And we're both your hosts and the co-founders of Little Bit Of, the Inclusive Lifestyle Collective. On this podcast, we take an unfiltered look into what happiness and success means for entrepreneurs, influencers, and changemakers, including ourselves. No Photoshop, Facetune, or filters here. Welcome back to A Little Bit Unfiltered. Hey, y'all. Oh my God, why am I saying hey, y'all? Welcome back, everyone, to the season finale of A Little Bit Unfiltered. It's been a hot minute. If you've seen social media at first, I had technical issues recording the last podcast and uploading it. And about halfway through, I realized I did not like the episode. And so here we are. And if you can't tell by the name and description of this podcast, we are going to be talking about setting boundaries today. I think this is incredibly timely. I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had over the past couple months where it seems like everybody in my life in my age group is going through something right now where they're struggling to set boundaries, whether it's at work, at home, with friends, with family, with relationships. I'm realizing now that I don't have my phone, which has my notes on it. Um, Oh, no, it's right next to me. Chaos. I'm telling you, we got chaos going on over here. Um, So we're just going to be super unfiltered for this one because it's going to make it easier to edit, but also This is called a little bit unfiltered. So I would like to deliver. As I was saying, this is going to be about setting boundaries. I feel like what I was saying was that everybody's going through this season right now where they're struggling with that. And so I asked on my stories what people are struggling with. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my personal experience with setting boundaries, things that I've picked up along the way and address some of the concerns that you all have. So let me pull it up. I am recording this right after I finished a work day because I want to get this in. I want this recorded because I just got the podcast bug today. And on days like this, I have to set boundaries at work and make sure that I'm checked out. Okay. So on today, I'm going to start by talking with, uh, I'm going to start by talking about my own personal experience with setting boundaries. And then we're going to jump into things that y'all have messaged me about. And we'll chat about that. And it's probably, knowing me, it's going to be a little bit of everything tied in together throughout this episode. So when it comes to setting boundaries, I think one of the first things that's really important is having people around you that support you in setting those boundaries. Because I found through experience that if you go to set a boundary, if you go to advocate for yourself, that often involves confrontation. And if you're like me, you hate confrontation. You do everything you can to avoid it and then it becomes too late and then it's super messy to deal with. A lot of times that comes about because you don't feel like you have people who support you in standing up for yourself. And there's a lot of red flags in there already. If you're going to have a conversation with someone that you care about and you're that anxious about setting a boundary, about advocating for what you deserve, that's a pretty good indication that that relationship isn't worth fighting for or isn't worth the anxiety you're putting towards it. But also means that if you do want to preserve that relationship, you have to set those boundaries now. And a lot of the things that I'm going to say in this episode are probably easier said than done, but 
I know that from experience, it's really tough to do that kind of stuff. I've lost a lot of friendships because I let people walk all over me. And then it finally clicks in my head that I actually deserve more than this. And when I ask for that in a relationship, oftentimes it's a toxic relationship and that person ends up leaving my life or I end up asking them to leave. And I think something that I've learned that I was just saying was the people around you make a huge difference. So I'm going to talk for a little bit about work because I think that's the easiest place for me to start. When it comes to work, having coworkers that have your back is incredibly important. And I know I've talked about my coworkers a couple of times on this podcast already, but shout out Maria. I have so many incredible people that I work with that one of our top priorities is looking out for each other and making sure that we try to avoid burnout as much as we can. Because I work in crisis communications, which if you let it, will take up your entire life. And my dad said something really wise the other day when I was talking to him, when I had a particularly busy week. And he was saying that certain jobs like crisis communications or working for the government or working in law enforcement, they, they're like water. They'll fill up every space that they can find and there's no stopping it unless you take proactive action to keep the water from seeping in. So I luckily have coworkers that will tell me to get offline, will take things off of my plate so that I can protect appointments or workouts or things like that, time with family, dates, which is a really healthy environment. Not everybody has that, but if you are fortunate enough to work with people that you think might be able to support you in that, seek that out, develop those relationships. And that way you have someone looking out for you as much as you're looking out for them. And I would start with maybe trying to find a friendly person in your workplace that you think could be that person for you. And that makes anytime you advocate to your advocate for yourself to your superior or supervisor or manager or whoever, you know that you have support and it makes you stronger in what you're saying because you know you have at least one person to back you up. As much as you can, I would try to set boundaries early. Luckily, I had this podcast, which sometimes is non-negotiable when I have interviews. And again, luckily, I have coworkers that not only respect the fact that I have a podcast and I have sort of non-negotiable appointments that I can't reschedule. And I advocated for that at the beginning. And not only do they respect that, they actually are interested in it. And I made it clear pretty early on we had a huge crisis shortly after I started and I had a podcast interview that I could not miss. And so I said, Hey, I, as much as I want to work on this project, I have to be offline for this one hour. I'll come back online afterwards, but I can't be here. I can't be by my phone. I can't do any of that. And I set that boundary pretty early on. And now people learn to respect that. Like I am working towards a work-life balance and help me achieve that. So support system is big. Setting boundaries early is really big and not feeling guilty. This applies to everything. Don't feel guilty about taking time for yourself. If you have an hour for lunch during the day, take it. Even if you're not hungry, get away from your computer or your office for an hour. If you're allowed, 
and treasure that time because you know some days you might not have that and you might have a super busy day. We say the phrase protect your time so much at work that it almost seems empty after you say it for so long, but it really is so important to protect your time. And because if you don't, you'll get burnt out and then you'll be out of the office for longer. (laughs) I have so much traffic going on outside my window that it's so distracting, but we're going to power through. So like I was saying, avoiding burnout, setting boundaries at work, especially is really important to avoid burnout. And this is especially true in working from home when your office is sometimes your bedroom, if you're like me, and your commute is 10 steps to your desk. It doesn't feel like you can ever leave work. And I've listened to so many podcasts, heard so many seminars and things like that, where people are talking about this, that people actually don't have that separation of church and state, for lack of a better term. There's no way to separate work from home and... I didn't even try to do that. There's no way to separate work and home because they're all intertwined and everybody has this assumption that you're always by your computer because you're always home. And now that's changing with going back into the office, but it's still really real. And so scheduling things that you can't miss can be really important. Um, I, I think most of our audience is around my and Molly's age. And I feel like people our age are just starting out in careers. And when you're just starting out in a career or in a job, you really want to hustle all the time to make an impression, get a promotion, get recognized and make your mark on a company. But in order to do that, you have to be able to be at your A game as much as you can. And if you aren't setting boundaries, if you aren't taking time to develop yourself from top to bottom, you're going to get burnt out and that can be the impression that you leave. And I found that people higher up in companies recognize that a lot of the times because they were there. They understand that people can head towards burnout, that it's great to be there in the immediate term, but also you need to take care of the employee as a whole because otherwise you're going to have people who are turning in subpar work because they're just working all the time. I feel like that's enough on work for right now. But those are the main tenants, and that does carry over into your personal life, which a lot of you mentioned. So let's see, let's do parents, and then we'll do friendships and romantic relationships. Let's do it. So, parents is an interesting one because if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I have an incredibly close relationship with my parents. And they often give very good advice. But over time, especially with my own mental health journey, I learned how to communicate what I need more. And it's definitely hard because whenever you're talking to someone who isn't in your generation and you're talking to someone who grew up differently than you, which for all of us is our parents, because they grew up in a time their parents raised them differently than they're raising us most of the time. And that's a difficult barrier or difficult challenge to navigate because you're both coming into a situation with your natural biases and you have to sort of put those aside and realize what the relationship in front of you actually is. So I have gotten to the point where my dad and I, because my dad and I often have very tough conversations 
we will ask each other, is this a good time to have this conversation? And I'm not going to say that was easy because that took a while for me and my parents to get there because we're all, we all operate very similarly that when we want to address something, we want to address it now. And I don't know when it started, but once we started doing that, that really enhanced those tough conversations we were having and enhanced our relationships even more because that way you're coming at a conversation with a clear mind, with no other pressures on your head that could influence a conversation and lead towards a fight. And so we do a lot of that. And I think open communication is a great way to set a boundary and being really clear. It sounds weird. It sounds really weird to be like, Hey, I'm not in the right headspace to have this conversation. I really want to have this conversation. Can we do it another time? It sounds like something out of like a therapy textbook, but honestly it works. But then again, I like I'm prefacing everything I'm saying in this episode with these are my own personal experiences and people's relationships with their parents or their guardians or their parental figures are different. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. But I think this tenet of sort of asking someone if they're in the right headspace to have a conversation is a great way to set a boundary across the board. This could even apply to having conversations about racism and homophobia because those are very emotionally charged conversations and you want to be in a place where you can approach the conversation where the person on the other side of that conversation is in a place to receive information and possibly change their mindset. And that doesn't always happen if emotions are running high. Also with parents, I think especially during the pandemic, if you were like me and you were living at home and spending a bunch of time with your parents while also working or going to school or whatever it was you were doing over Zoom or if you had to go to work in person, all of that, it's hard to set boundaries because you're back in that mindset of a high schooler where you end school, you maybe have a couple hours of homework, but you can sit down for dinner and you can watch TV, you can watch a movie, you can play a game, you can do whatever you want with your parents because you have that time. That's not the case now because we're young professionals starting out in a business and sometimes we can't eat dinner or sit down with our parents and we feel this pressure too. And if no one has told you yet, it is okay to be in the same space you were as a 16, 17, 18 year old, but not be that same person. You can live at home, but still be your own person. And honestly, bringing up that conversation, frankly, with your parents or your guardians or whoever's taking care of you in that environment is really helpful. It's a weird thing to say and be like, hey, I'm not doing this to offend you. I love spending time with you, but I have to be productive. And in order to be productive, there are some days that maybe we say good morning and good night and that's it. And that's not a bad thing because it's like what you would be doing if you weren't living at home or you weren't in, oh my gosh, my stomach just growled. Or if you weren't in that environment, there are some days where my parents and I don't talk because I'm working from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Relationships with parents or guardians are really tricky because 
a lot of times they're still providing for you financially and there's an element of respect that should go with that. But you're also learning to be your own person and to be financially responsible for yourself. So I think if you're going into a conversation that could go one of two ways, you could get advice or criticism that's under one bucket from your parent or guardian, or you could just get plain old support. You need to make your expectations clear ahead of that conversation, because in any relationship, it's important to ask, what do you want from me in this conversation? And that's not a loaded question. If you phrase it right, if you just say, I want to know, what do you need? What would help you most in this conversation? Do you want me to problem solve with you right now? Or do you want me to sit and let you vent and just nod my head? Because that also, that can help. And I will sometimes go into conversations with my parents and I'll be like, look, this is not the time for advice. I had a really terrible day or I'm going through something right now. I don't want to figure it out today. I just need someone to listen to me. And that helps a lot. And I guess that's a good segue into friends because my friends and I do that for each other all the time. If one of us is going through a tough time, if they just went through a breakup or are having drama with a guy or girl, like there are some days that you don't want to be told what the logical or realistic thing is. You just want someone to listen to you and be there for you as a friend and be like, look, we're going to figure this out later. Because in a, lot of those, in a lot of those cases, you do need to figure it out later. But for right now, you just need support. And starting a conversation off that way is so important because I've had conversations with friends where I'll bring something up and I just want to be supported. I don't want to be told what I'm doing is right or wrong. I just want to be in a judgment-free zone. And I think, especially with friends, Creating a safe, non-judgmental space is so key to boundaries and so key to healthy friendships. I have a lot of different ways that I want to take this because we'll start with the negative sides of things because as you've probably heard me talk about, or if you've read some of my pieces on a little bit of, you know that I have had my share fair, <laughs> share fair, fair share of toxic relationships um, and toxic friendships. And I think in some relationships, to be completely frank, there are some people, there are some people out there that don't, they, they want to be friends with yes men, basically. They want to be people with, they want to be friends with people who say yes to them all the time, that support everything they do, that go along with everything, that don't challenge them that don't speak up for themselves. And if I'm being completely honest, I am often that person for people. I will often be the doormat. I will be so excited that someone wants to be my friend that I will go along with whatever they want and put my needs below theirs. And in a good friendship, your needs coexist alongside each other. And you're constantly being true and healthy to yourself, but also true and healthy to this other person. And so setting boundaries with toxic friends is a whole other thing. And I think we'll probably do a full episode on that in season two, but the long and short of it is if you don't feel like you're going to be supported when you set boundaries, still do it because it's important for growth. But also know that that's probably not a person you want to keep in your life. If you feel scared or anxious 
to advocate for what you want to someone that's supposed to care about you, that's not healthy. And if you can already plot out what they're going to say in their, in your head, not from an anxiety standpoint, but based on your experience, you know how this conversation is going to go and you know, it's not going to go well. That's also a sign that this is probably not a long-term friendship or relationship because fights happen with friends. That's totally normal, but not having someone who understands when you need to put yourself first is not a good friend. On the more, actually, I want to circle back to that. Um, Some tips if you want to have that conversation, because I've had that conversation a lot. Sometimes it helps to write out your thoughts in a note. I am not a person that likes long texts. I hate fighting over texts. I've done it before. It has ruined my day. You can't tell people's tone. Um, But sometimes that's safer. Um, And I completely get that. But organize your thoughts ahead of time. Talk it through to yourself. If you have a therapist, talk it through with your therapist and find a place that you can go that keeps you grounded and keeps you centered. Because when you have conversations like that, especially with toxic friends, there's going to be a lot of emotions at play and it'll be very easy for you to sink back into that part of yourself that isn't as confident and that wants to roll over for this other person. And when you have all of your, when you have a place that you can go to that centers you, whether it's a visualization or it's an image or it's a feeling, a song, whatever, or if it's like a tick, like, um, like rubbing your wrist or something like that, or like tapping your foot in that moment, you want to be safe and secure and confident in what you're doing because it is a hard and a scary and an emotional thing. Um, and especially in that moment, Find someone that can support you and trust you in that process. I'm going to stop it there because we, I would talk forever about this. And I think we should devote a whole episode to this. I think, honestly, the harder part, the harder boundary to set is with existing friendships that there isn't a huge issue with. Um, and it doesn't need to be this full blown out conversation, but you still need to address something and you, you need to stand up for yourself. In that case, I would also, again, write everything down in your notes app, on paper, whatever, to organize your thoughts um, and make it clear what you want the goal of that conversation to be. I think if you're sensing a theme here, um, you're definitely right, because I think open communication is really key to that as well. And if it's a healthy friendship, that person's going to support you and understand I think it's all about being very clear in your communications. And I'm the kind of person that puts, oh my, God, my stomach is growling so much. I'm recording this at dinner time. Um, but I lost my train of thought. So we're just going to start over. Um, it's really easy to not follow up when you set boundaries with friends. I've had conversations where the conversation seems to go great. You say everything you want to say. That person understands what you're saying and in some cases agree to change behavior. 
and then nothing ever happens. And that's really frustrating when you have to have that conversation again. It's frustrating, but it's almost easier because you can be like, hey, look, I know we talked about this a few months ago. Nothing's really changed. I think something needs to change. I think a very specific one that someone even mentioned is like not wanting to hang out with people all the time. Um, that is so real. I so feel that. And as like an introvert, extrovert, like I think it's called like an ambivert, whatever. Like it's a little bit of both. Like I call it my social battery. I heard someone say that and it's like, it's something you have to protect. If you don't have a full battery or if you only have like 20% left. Okay, let's look at it this way. If your phone's on 20%, if your phone's on 20%, And like, are you going to watch something on Netflix on your phone? Or are you going to watch a live stream that's going to suck up a lot of your battery and then your phone's going to be dead and you kind of still need it for the essentials? Or are you going to save it and maybe wait until you get a charger to do all of that? And maybe in the meantime, make sure that you have access to your text messages and your email and maybe like Snapchat, whatever, pick something. You're going to choose the latter, right? Or it's smarter to choose the latter because you want to preserve your energy and you want to preserve your battery. I actually was just talking to my therapist about how I think I'm going to draw like a battery on like a whiteboard and throughout the day, put where like my energy and my social battery is. So I know when I need to recharge and when I need to protect my own energy. I'm a person that likes visuals. You might like it a different way, but I think that phrase, like your social battery is really popular right now. So that might be something that resonates, but find whatever works for you in your friendship and be like, Hey, look, like I totally want to hang out another time, but I just can't be like, I don't have the energy to be around people right now. I love you lots, but like, I, I need some time for myself. That way I can be totally present for you. If it works, like bring it back to them and be like, I want to be there for you. I want to be the best friend I can be. And right now I'm not going to be that. And as things are opening up post-COVID, post-COVID is a weird phrase, I know, because it's not over. But as things are starting to open up, there's not really as much of an excuse to do that. I think COVID boundaries are a whole other thing. I think a quick note on that be strong in what you want because no one can judge you if you want to stay home still as things are opening up. I completely get that. I was having a conversation with someone about that and no one can tell you to do that differently and no one should make you go out of your comfort zone because we are still fighting a pandemic and there are still people dying from this disease. So that is something that like you can make an absolute non-negotiable. And when it comes to your health, your friends should be understanding of that. Um, I think when it does come, I think specifically about canceling plans or rescheduling things, always try to reschedule and emphasize that it's like, you're doing this for yourself, but you still love, my gosh, I'm hitting my headphones. I'm telling you it's chaotic energy here. You still love your friends and you still want to spend time with them, but maybe not today. And Again, don't judge yourself for that because you want to be able to show up for them. You want to, we're going to reverse that. You want to show up, 
you want to show up for yourself as much as you show up for your friends. And often that means taking time away from other people to spend on yourself. And that is okay. Um, and I think <laughs> I want to talk about relationships. I feel like I have such a skewed um, perspective on this because I think I've mentioned on previous podcasts that I'm going through a time right now where it's like, I love myself a lot and it's going to take someone pretty, pretty spectacular for me to want to sacrifice my time to spend time with them. And that is selfish, but like we've said before, selfish is not always a bad word. I have spent so long prioritizing other people in my life, specifically romantic interests. And I'm really done with that. And I have a lot of people in my life who are supportive of that and have been championing for me to do that for years. And I'm finally listening and I'm finally putting myself first. But as someone who does not like the idea of being in a relationship with where you're with someone 24 seven, that is the perspective that I'm bringing into this. But just because you're in a relationship with someone does not mean they automatically have access to your time. No one should automatically have access to your time. You should be very intentional about where you spend it, especially when you're in an early stage of a relationship. You want to make sure that you're still protecting your own identity and you're not getting wrapped up in this other person. As someone who gets wrapped up in other people a lot, I feel like I can say this because that's a really slippery slope. And someone mentioned codependency issues. And on the flip side of that, I really get that because when you're in a relationship with someone and you do spend a lot of time with them, you start to intertwine your identities and it gets a little hard to pick out what's actually you and what part you're losing this is separate from like compromising in a relationship and all of that. But I think I'm not of the belief that you need to be a whole person before you get in a relationship. Frankly, I think that's bullshit because if we all waited until we were at this perfect place in our life and perfectly formed and super healthy and loved ourselves a hundred percent, none of us would be getting married until we were 40. If that, if ever, So I think that's bullshit, but I do think it's important to know who you are in some sense and know what you want and what you deserve going into a relationship. And if you're very clear with yourself and you should be clear with the other person, I think that sets it up for um, a healthier relationship in which you can set boundaries more easily. If you're intertwining yourself and you're spending all of your time with this person and you aren't setting those boundaries and protecting your time, it's a lot easier for those lines to get blurred, for you to give away parts of yourself that you really shouldn't be. Yeah, I I think I have a very different view on relationships than a lot of people in my life, but I don't know. I I go through these periods of time where I like to date myself and I know that I'm prioritizing my career and my self-care and all of that ahead of any relationship. 
Um, my grandparents hate when I say that I'm not having kids for at least another 10 years, but I, I firmly stand by that because I am so selfish right now and I want to be selfish and I love my free time and I don't like compromising that, but that's me. And you might have a very different take on relationships and that's totally fine. But if you take anything away from this as someone who has not been in a long-term relationship, it's just clear communication is key in almost any, in every relationship, especially at the beginning. I, I'm not talking to him anymore and it's all good stuff. So I think I can say it, but I was on a date a while back and the first date, I'm already an unfiltered person. So I will tell a lot of people things right off the bat, but I probably like crashed through a bunch of like no-nos on the first date. Like I brought up that I don't want to have kids for a long time. I don't want to get married for a while. Like all of this stuff. And I talked about all the things I was interested in, but I'm like, I don't have time to waste. I'm going to lay everything on the table right out front. If you like it, great. If you think there's potential, great. If you don't, fine. Like I'll say you're lost, but also like sometimes you're not compatible with people and you just move on. I don't have time for nuance sometimes. And I've talked about it on the podcast before that I'm about a spark. So when it comes to romantic relationships, that's an element of it too. But I think some of the things are really important to set up front and be like, look, I am not, I'm not going to be the person that you're going to marry in like a year. I am still figuring myself out. If you want to come along for the ride, if you want to have fun, great. But yeah, I, I'm not a baby factory. I'm putting myself in my career first, but if I like you, I'm going to make time for you. And yeah, I, I'm going to leave it there. Like, clearly I'm not still talking to this guy, but he was a great guy. Um, and I don't think it was because of that, but I felt great after that date. I was like, we were totally on the same page with everything, which what I wasn't expecting that. Um, but I was really clear upfront what I wanted and what I like. And that can be really empowering. Let me see if there's anything I'm missing. We did parents, we did work, we did friends, we did relationships. I think that covers the main elements of it. I'm trying to think of other tips to set boundaries. There's not really a rhyme or reason. I think at the end of the day, do what is empowering to you. You want to be able to walk out of these conversations and these situations feeling comfortable and confident. If you are in a relationship, a friendship, a situation that does not make you feel like that, I encourage you to do what you can to rectify that. But this is so much easier said than done, but it is okay to walk away from friendships and situations that do not serve you because everyone is worthy of having friends, having partners, and having family, blood or chosen, that makes them happy and feeling fulfilled. Life is far too short to do anything otherwise. It took me a long time to like spending time with myself. 
even something as small as liking hearing my own voice. Um, clearly I like it now because I do a podcast and I spend three hours editing every episode, listening to my own voice. But if you have a specific situation though, totally DM me. I have been through my fair share of like setting boundaries conversations. I'm trying to think of like a way to close this out. But yeah, you want to be in relationships that make you feel comfortable, confident, and supported. And a big key to that is having people around you who will advocate for you when you don't feel like you should be advocating for yourself. I do that all the time. And again, I have just such fantastic coworkers that we really stand up for each other when we don't want to stand up for ourselves. And... I don't know. That's why I love where I work. Um, And that's why I love my friends because there's a balance between your friends keeping it real with you and telling you what's going on and you actually doing it for yourself. (laughs) I know they're listening. So you have, I have like Brooke and Lizzie in my life who have probably called every toxic friendship and relationship I've ever been in from the get-go. And I don't listen Um, because there's an element of things you have to do for yourself and it's hard, but I think having people behind you who have your best interests at heart are really important. Hey all, it's Sarah, and I'm so excited to talk to you a little bit about Anchor, which is the free platform that Molly and I use to create a little bit unfiltered. And we love using Anchor because we're novices at this and Anchor gives you creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and it also distributes your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple, and many other places with just one touch of a button, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So basically, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. If you're interested in making your own podcast, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, so I feel like I just rambled about boundaries for a little while. So I'll keep the end of this brief because it's been a while since we did a podcast and I want to get this up as quickly as possible. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. But like I said, it's the season finale. I'm recording this solo if you have not figured out by the long periods of time that I've been talking to myself. Um... I originally recorded the finale when Molly was on vacation with her family. And since I work such crazy hours, I did not want to subject her to re-recording with me. Um, But yes, so that being said, this is the end of season one. I cannot thank all of you enough hearing every single listen Every comment, every review, every follow truly, truly means the world. And it's weird that like we started this six months ago, almost to the day. And here we are. And it's something that I really love doing. And I cannot wait for season two. We're going to get back to the nitty gritty of interviews and talking to people about what it means to be successful and how they got there and how it's in sort of an ongoing journey. And I'm so excited for it. And I'm so excited for you to come along on the journey. So yeah, season two will have lots of interviews and lots of unfiltered content. We already have a couple interviews lined up, which I am beyond excited for. And Yeah. So if you have any suggestions, if you have any topics that you want to hear, let us know. I just, we have so much good stuff in store that I can't wait for.
Um, but we're going to take a little break. I know we took about like a month break in the meantime, but work has been absolutely crazy. Um, if we're being completely unfiltered, I've been working so much. I love it, but it's exhausting. The last thing I want to do at the end of the day is record a podcast. And I've been feeling really uninspired lately, but this idea of setting boundaries kept popping into my head and I was like, okay, I got to grab the mic and do it. So here we are. And I might try to do a little bit more of that and do some more off the cuff stuff. But in the meantime, that was so odd. Um, But in the meantime, I'm going to take a little time to relax and not be stressed about it because I've definitely been burning the candle at both ends lately. And I want to be able to show up and make this a fun space and an unfiltered space. So I guess a good way to close out this season is sort of answering the question we ask all of our interviewees and all of our guests. Um, What could social media use more or less of? (laughs) And that's a loaded one. I think social media can use a lot less comparison and judgment. And I think that comes from more authenticity. I absolutely applaud influencers that can perfectly curate their feed and take all of these glamorous pictures. But it's definitely hard because it does lead to comparison if there's no sort of behind the scenes, like the work that goes into this. So people don't think that, oh, you just took five minutes and you went and you shot that picture and then you're done. Because it is a lot of hard work. And I think sometimes people forget that. And that ends up leading to comparison because you're like, well, what am I doing wrong? What angles am I not taking? But Um, yeah, I think, I mean, there are accounts and things that compare women, especially, um, by nature. And I think there's so much judgment. There's people are so quick to see the worst in others, especially on TikTok. TikTok comments are wild. Um, and they can be pretty damaging. So, Yeah, I think that kind of rolls up both of my answers, but I think social media could use a lot more authenticity. And I think that fosters community a lot more. And when you just reach out to someone or you support someone, one of my like new favorite things is like when I find a song I like on TikTok, I'll go and like comment on that songwriter's Instagram because it's totally a different ballpark, but I know like how much every single comment, every single like means to me as someone who's starting a business and a podcast. So I don't know, spreading around that positive energy when you have it. And when you have that energy to give, use it wisely and use it to lift other people up. I've definitely talked about this before. My dad sent me a podcast and I think it was Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach were on a podcast with Sarah Spain. If you don't know who any of those people are, look them up, listen to what they say, like listen to their podcasts, follow them, all just three incredible strong women. There was a discussion, I believe Glennon Doyle said this, that women are often taught that there is one seat at the table for them and that they all have to fight for that one seat at the table. When in fact, we all have what it takes to build our own table and create our own narrative. But often that comes with building that table with some other people and sitting at that new table with some other people. And 
I think kindness goes a long way in any respect in the workplace, in friendships and relationships on social media. I think we could use a lot more kindness, but also when kindness, I think, I don't know, this is a weird dissonance in my head because I think you want to give out kindness like it's candy. But if there's a relationship in your life that you are constantly giving and giving and giving and all you're getting back is either nothing or things that you don't deserve, be intentional about where your kindness goes in those relationships and realize how much you're giving of yourself. But as a general tenant, kindness is the way to go and understanding and grace. And with that long rambling, I'm going to step off my soapbox for the season. I will see you all back here for season two. In the meantime, go check out a little bit of, have your friends listen to old episodes of the podcast. Yeah. I didn't really do a personal update aside from work being crazy, but shout out to all my friends. Shout out to all the wonderful people in my life. I'm starting to see people more. I'm going to rumble more. We're putting good vibes out into the world and good vibes are coming back our way. And with that being said, I'm going to sign off, go catch up on Love Island and The Bachelorette and all the new shows that are starting for the summer because it is hot girl summer and hot girl summer is healthy girl summer. So take care of yourself, put yourself first, set those boundaries. I love you. You are wonderful. And I will see you back here for season two. 